chart the importance in history through the mathematical landscape. And today, we ponder the capability to plausibly predict potential possibilities, these proposed properties of probability. I'm Eric, and joining us, as always, the brilliant brainiac, Alora. Alora, <laughs> are you ready to kick some math? Wow. The peas, the that was good stuff. So peas, very good. Um, hello, yes, my name's Alora. Um, what's up? I'm ready. <laughs> all right. So obviously, somewhere buried in all those peas was a purpose or point, and that was probability. That's what precisely. We're so probability uh it's like probable you know um and that is actually where it comes from probably and that means like yeah it's like it's probably you know it's uh potentially something is probable it's credible it's plausible Mm -hmm. and uh and so really without even thinking about because obviously we're going to talk about math what (laughs) without even realizing it we do we do probability we think about probability as people Mm mm-hmm not necessarily the percentages, but we still are talking about, like when you say probably, you're talking about not exactly a percentage, but you're saying it's like more than 50%. But it's not a Mm. certain percentage that would be really high because then you'd say that's a really good chance. Well, sure, because like probably could also be like, this is likely to happen. Very good, yeah. It's almost the same thing that it means when people say probably, Mm. likely. It's around... It's hard to say what it means depending on which person, but yeah, it's like more than 50%, but not a shitload because then you'd say that's almost certain, like that's like mm-hmm. really probable, highly probable instead of probably. Right. Uh, and if it wasn't, you'd say maybe, like you wouldn't say probably. Yes. So you know it's yeah. something, like it's you could actually, and they have tried to put a number on it, and you could say the opposite, which is improbable. And by opposite, I mean the other side of, Not likely. of the 50-50. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's less likely than uh, 50, but it, it is totally possible. But I didn't say possible because that's worse. Right than improbable (laughs) that means you have a small chance it's possible could have said probably not i could have said straight up impossible i own 50 in a way you're kind of it's natural yes yes and also i feel like it's kind of part of the decision making process when you're a you know intelligent being like humans are Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. even i feel like before all this mathematics existed they were still kind of thinking probabilistically and even instinctually it's kind of like a numbers game. Well, yeah, it's one of those that's like it can be traced back way early on. It's one of the first sort of mathematical languages, right? Because it's like doesn't necessarily have to involve writing something down. You can just talk about it. Like what's the likelihood that we're going to get eaten by this tiger? Like is it probable if we do this and we hide in this cave yeah. are we less likely if 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 you take the math out of it yeah then it's old but it's not math that's cuz it's actually not that old the math of it mm. cuz they it's hard to realize i guess or wrap your head around this it's kind of like when they used to think the earth was flat or when they used to think the sun uh you know that the sun went around the earth it's like yeah. you know how could you guys be so silly it's like yeah they didn't think about things being probabilistic i guess it was more like religion based things that happen yeah it was all more it was more of a religious thing yeah like when things like anything totally anything related to that boom it's up to the guys they're like i don't know what Definitely does the bible guys. say i'm i'm not risking it guys 
yeah. heliocentrism. But there's actually like ancient games, and that's like if you ever heard uh, "throw the bones." Ancient games. That's what's up. No, throw. And sometimes they would have, there's ancient dice. Sometimes they would actually have dice. That uh, it was fairly common for some reason to carve them out of bone. Mm. Oh, so, your little, so they're your like. Your little six-siders. Okay. That's pretty cool. So you throw the bones. So I throw the dice. That's where it comes from. What you would think be like, obviously, dude, you guys are doing probability stuff. Like you didn't work out like the math. They were like, no. Yeah. We're just, we didn't talk about we're just that throwing at all. The bones. Like, I don't we're wanna... just playing games. What are you talking about? Before we get into where it does really start, we should say maybe a little bit more about like what is probability. Um, mm-hmm. And it's kind of like you add up all the possible outcomes of some event mm-hmm. and all their chances equal 100%. Yeah. So there's a, a percent that this happens, a percent that that, like if you flipped a coin, that's the event of a heads or tails. Mm-hmm. There's only 50 and 50 unless it's a weighted coin and then they add up to 100%. Yeah. So that's kind of like the basic idea. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't know why, but I'm pretty sure I learned it as, and I can remember like the first time people in a room and everyone's age and then it's like, all the people in the room goes on the bottom of the fraction. And then like that, how many people are that age goes on the top, you know, like that whole thing. You want to add up everything to put on the denominator. And then the chance of this uh, thing is how many times this would happen over how many times everything would happen. That's a consequence of saying that the sum of all of them is a hundred percent. The sum of all. Just like you can take um, one instance of something uh, occurring and say, what's the chance of that not occurring is one minus that chance. Hmm. Well, what do you think is like the biggest distinction between probability and a statistic? They're definitely like right next to each other, mm-hmm. as like parallel branches, but they're not the exact same thing because, yeah, like they're like on opposite sides of the problem because like one is uh, where we're adding up all the possibilities. So it's like we know everything. Statistics is like the opposite. Right. We're like you're how trying can we to find out something? something. Yeah, by getting little little bits. Plus, like little bit, little bit, and it's very great. And you use probability a lot, I guess, in statistics. Yeah, like isn't could you say that maybe like statistics isn't uh, focused on the likelihood of something happening per se? It's more broad than that. Like a statistic doesn't have to be focused on that. Like. Um, when was this? We talked about this, uh, Girolamo Cardano. He's one of the first guys, like I said. This um, guy again? He's what a... was that? Uh, Girolamo. I was like kind of bashing him a little bit. Cardano, he had it rough a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. Remember, he, you remember we talked yeah. about Cardano. I said like he, he did some probability stuff because he was obsessed with like gambling and he was still a mathematician, but he is crazy. Yeah. And he, he actually like figured out some probability stuff like associated with dice. And it wasn't just him back in this like uh, mid 60s. Yeah, didn't he do time. like those math duels too? Where they were like, I say so. I don't know how many duels. I don't chopping know. each other's when noses. We talked off. about it was just it was just the significant duel where somebody else had independently found the cubic formula. And that duel uh, was something that kind of made people start going like, "Hey, what's up with this cubic formula? Everybody's keeping secret." Yeah, I it was know. the talk of the town. And then, it, and then it got out. Yeah, <laughs> it got hot. They were like, so oh, shit. that and Cardano, mm-hmm. uh, with all his faults, he was a uh, you know he had some pretty uh, correct ideas. But like I was saying, he wasn't the only one. 
other people from that era were kind of figuring it out and like using it to gamble mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. make a little bit of money because it seemed like a 50 50 and they'd be making like a little bit does of money. it work though like but, does it uh, help you cheat in gambling or like it yeah because of the games they were playing weren't all properly mathematically worked out like all the games you would play oh, today okay so gotcha. they were able to be the house and make that little that edge cheating because little? they knew they knew the math so yeah and he just was like hey i'm talking about this a little bit i'm trying to figure it out but it that was that helped uh later when like more recognizable names like some of these guys we talked about like Huygens for some reason I know I was saying Fermat and Pascal, you've probably yep. heard of. So all these guys, they're they're gonna kind I of, heard of Huygens, shoulder though. this doesn't doesn't matter. He's wrapped up in this uh this first stages of this formalizing of uh the theory of probability. Okay. And so yeah, it's kind of not that old, but in a way it is, but after that we've got the Bernoullis, which we Bernoulli. also talked about. Yeah. The Bernoulli sequence. Uh, that's, uh, what is that, L- late 17th century, so. Yeah, okay. Right. So were they already working on, like, series and sequences by then, like, getting into that kind of stuff? What he's doing is the probability and combinatorics. Oh. And also he came up with another thing, because we'll get to the combinatorics, but another thing is the law of large numbers. Have you heard of that? No. So the idea is like the more big ass numbers, the large numbers is the more tests you get, the more data you get in like the real world, the more you perform a test, the closer the average of all your results will get to that expected calculation. It's going to, on average, get you closer and closer. So the more tests you do, sort of like if you did infinity tests, it would equal the value is not really true. That's kind of like bad math, but well, it's like, I don't know. Um, like Riemann sums, like we were talking about, like when you draw those rectangles sure. underneath the curve, yeah. it's just like yeah. common sense. The more that math checks out, the Riemann sums checks out. This I feel like doesn't one hundred percent check oh. out, but like in theory, it's good to go. He's winging it a little so bit, but can... hey, we'll give it to him. You know, he came up with a good but idea. Either way, it's it, this is a point in time where that's like actually a valid point. Nobody thought of that. Okay. But, like, look at it like this. If I was back to the coin flip, because I feel like I don't know why it's go to. I'm flipping a fair coin. Why are there four heads in a row? That's crazy. Flip it a million times. Those four heads in a row won't matter. Uh, You'll be almost We 50, should 50. consult the Bible. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> if you flip the uh, coin's head four times, you're like, that's really strange. It should uh, be like tails at least once. Yeah. Right? It's a fair coin. But if you flipped it a million times, then the law of large numbers says that's going to get you closer and closer to 50-50. Mm-hmm. Even though at first it seemed like 100% one. Right, okay. So like basically the more data you collect, the closer you're yeah. going to get to like the actual probability. The truth, yeah. If you if you knew that number, then you'd be getting closer to yeah. it. So it's kind of theoretical, but it's just like, hey, look at it like this. And they're like, oh yeah, it's like this. Yeah, but he's also like trying to be like, oh, I figured something out. But he's like, hey, do it more times. <laughs> what do you think about that? It's like, well, hmm, is it that like revolutionary? It's kind of like nobody thought of that before. Yeah, it's a new idea. Eureka. (laughs) Eureka. I mean, like they were, um, I think one of the first times was like life expectancy, like for like insurance purposes. They were like treating everybody as like the same. And they were like, no, there's a 
higher likelihood that old people are going to die. <laughs> and then I, I don't know who it was. Yeah, but somebody was like, yeah, we'll just look at the data of when people die, like how old they are. And we'll like add up the last so many years. I guess years. it's true. Like there has we'll to come a point, like things that we know for certain, like obviously, yeah, you know, it's more likely this and that. Like it, there had to have been a point in the past where they were like, they didn't know that. It seems funny now, but it's like. They didn't, they didn't think to like calculate it for a long time is what's weird. Yeah. They're like, everybody's so, equal. It's I was, fine. Speaking of uh, uh, Bernoulli's and combinatorics was the other thing. This was like a new thing, but in reality, it existed before. It just wasn't official. Just like you might argue probability, like we were saying in the very beginning, is just like natural. But yeah, so do you know, like, what is combinatorics? I don't know how to describe it. It's uh like combining. It's not combining. It's like all the combinations, I guess, kind of thing. So it's when you're counting all the arrangements, all the possible like structures something could make. Five choose. But you know what I mean? Like uh, combinatorics, like factorials we mentioned. I don't know if we said like, what are factorials? Factorials are like what numbers you can use to little exclamation create point, that. Right? Yeah, <laughs> like if you have like a five, it's five times four times three times two. I remember in my... It was one of my like pre-algebra classes or something. And I always remember this joke my professor did. And he was like, I mean. Oh, God. Here we he go. He was like. It's going to be so stupid. It is so bad. He's like, and sometimes <laughs> you have like a five. And sometimes you have a five. And it was like with the exclamation point. And everyone was like, what the actual fuck? Because like we didn't know what it was. Well, I mean, we knew. but An like, exclamatory yeah, like, five. Yeah, exactly. Sure, yeah. Yeah, so another way to look at that is that uh, 1 times 5 is just an example of one number you can take the factorial of. Yeah, 1 times 2 times 3 times 4 times 5. That's also the factors of 5. Yeah. So 5 exclamation point, 5 factorial is all the factors are 1. Yeah, two, like three, the numbers five, that you can use to make that number. Like, those are the only possible yeah. ones. I mean, I feel like you could reduce it to it's like prime factors. True. But I mean, like, <laughs> read between the lines, um, okay? When you do the math in combinatorics. But yeah, so you basically, you're just adding up. You want to count, like, how many ways, how many arrangements, like, you could do mm -hmm, things. Mm -hmm. And that is something, like we were saying in the beginning, you want to know in order to figure out probability. Like, say it was, like, a card game, and you could say how many ways you could get a certain hand. Well, that doesn't tell you the chances until you also divide that by the number of possible hands. Mm -hmm. Right. right. Now you have a percent chance to get that kind of hand. You're like, oh, that's pretty rare. Right? That's what. I right. Or it doesn't you, you mean know, shit you unless know, you know what the probability is. Not saying you need to be a mathematician to play poker. So it would it would certainly help though. But I mean, you don't have to actually do the combinations and stuff. To, you just go. Look is that up. a real thing? <laughs> like, what do people do? Like, do they just card count? Like, literally count really fast? Like, how many cards are? Are you talking about counting cards? Are you saying what's counting yeah, cards? Yeah, like I've heard of that because I... That's a that's blackjack. That's blackjack, not poker. Oh, okay. So they're like... And a couple of things about counting cards because that's not going to be any part of this at all. Um, one, I'm pretty sure you'll get kicked out of the casino or banned Yeah, or it's like illegal or if something. If you could even do it. And two, I don't think you can because of the way that they do it nowadays. It's like 
a like bunch of decks and they, they probably shuffle it all the time. Yeah, I was just like, wondering if it was like a real thing like that you could cheat with. It it was. I'm not sure it is. But yeah, I could have done a whole thing about uh, casinos and how they could cheat and did cheat in casinos. But I feel like, yeah, it's harder and harder. But Yeah, they um, got it by Yeah, now. the counting cards thing is definitely a thing. I'm pretty sure there's a couple of movies about it. Um, Maverick. Which one? The guy from Braveheart. Mel Gibson. No, Maverick is not. He's not counting. He's cards. not a card counter. He's like some kind he's of. He's fucking... just a Maverick. He's a Maverick. He's just a cool dude. <laughs> like he doesn't need to cheat. No, in that movie, like somebody's cheating, so he doesn't look at his card. And I love that scene uh, where he's like, "Are you gonna look at your card?" Yeah, I knew there was some shit about like <laughs> cheating in games, and I was like, "What?" I've been seeing it in forever because I hate Mel Gibson, but. <laughs> Yeah, fuck me, yeah, you're right about that. That reminds <laughs> me, actually, I was going to uh, do something about The Princess Bride uh, because I was going to talk about Oh, Game my God. Theory, but then I was That's like, so good. Then I was like, nah. Dude. But nah. I, With I the like, poison? Nah. Uh, he's like. <laughs> well, you took the poison like, and he like switches it like while he's not looking and then he still takes the poison. But no, the funny part is where he's kind of trying to work out game theory because he's like, ah, battle of wits. Only a fool would take the cup that he has given and... I am no fool, but I know that you are no fool, so you know that I am no fool, so surely I cannot take the cup in front of you. Yeah, that's what I'm talking and about. Like, so you, and he switches and the like, cup when he turns around. No, 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 he's going. He's like, so, you, so you've decided, and he's like, no, because the poison that you mentioned is from Australia, and Australians are known to be criminals, and the criminal is not trusting, and therefore you are not trusting, and therefore I sh- cannot take I the drink in front of me. I choose my own cup. And then he's like, are you trying to like stall or something? And he's like, no. Yeah. And then he goes, I'm just getting started. And then he's like, yeah, look over there. And then he switches the glasses. But then it's like stupid because he literally could have drank from either cup because he like got him. No, he said that actually. That was his third argument. He's like, or perhaps since you're so strong and you defeated my giant. You uh, poisoned both classes and you have a, a something about how he's so strong that he would put the poison in his own glass. Not that he put it in both, I think. He's like, since you're so strong, you may have even poisoned your own glass because you don't even, you're not afraid to die. Yeah. Oh, something he was like, you're smart and therefore you studied. And so you know that man is mortal and therefore you're afraid to die. And therefore yeah. you would not have put the poison in your own it glass. Comes, it becomes unless- like ridiculously over exaggerated. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it just it go, he goes like so crazy after the second step because the first two steps are just funny. Yeah. Then he just goes like way crazy. He's and like then tripping he does the nuts, like which fucking. Is yeah. <laughs> and then he dies. But yeah, the reason why I didn't want to put that in here is because I was saying like it's not very mathematical. Like uh, game theory can be about probabilistic ca- uh, calculations from you know doing that kind of thinking. Mm-hmm. Like oh, what about what if they do what what I do yeah. affects what they what's do. And the, what they what's do the probable about. outcome? Then you can, like we were saying, what's the likelihood? that yeah. this will happen like chess and you could use that uh in a probabilistical sense but not in that conversation from uh the princess brought what about um okay there has to be some kind of like cool probability stuff in chess right like there's some involved when you're like i'm gonna make this move like um there's a lot of uh game theory involved but no chess is like an open game i can see everything that's happening Probability is is about uh, having insufficient ins- information, 
So you want to know right. what the outcomes could be given I don't know everything. That's when we're talking about like that kind of game. I in chess, I know everything that they have done. I see all the pieces. I guess I was thinking like could it be considered probability if you're say like doing like a bait move like if I go here What's the probability um, that they might take in, this piece? In uh, like bullet in bullet chess, maybe like if you're playing uh like an extremely quick clock. Yeah. So what's going to happen almost like every time is the clock is going to run out, and if the clock doesn't run out, then the players are going to be like playing like super fast, or somebody yeah. got their ass kicked. Yeah. You know what I mean? If it's a close game, then people are going to be throwing crazy moves around. So like you're going to have to think a little bit probabilistically, I think, to be better. At yeah, because they're that like, sort of if I throw away this if, piece, they might let then I can take this piece. What's the probability they'll go for that piece so that I can get this other piece yeah. for more points? And also it takes it takes more time when they have no idea what I'm going to do. Right. Because I'm, I'm playing in a way that I can anticipate them and make some moves that aren't that bad, but throw them off their game, but I can still be fast. So maybe, I don't know. Yeah. But traditionally, those kinds of games, whatever they call it, where you can see uh, all the elements... No, strat. We're not really thinking probability. It's pure strat. There. Pure strat. But uh, technically, the other games are pure strat as well. That's why I was saying, like, if you uh, are an expert at poker, then you can be a professional poker player. It's just yeah. like the uh, chances of you winning the tournament, even though you're the best, are much lower than the best, uh, like, football team winning. Because, hmm. like, you're in control more. You right. Know, you're just, like, you don't yeah. have as much control. Well, is that yeah. just because it's, like, you're only... But it's only... still a skill... It's still a skill game, you know? Yeah, like, you're... That's why it's a professional thing. Well, you, you know, yeah. one person could crap out in the team and be, like, uh, my stomach Well, it could hurts. be a smaller... It could be a smaller team thing. It could be a one-person sport, you know? Yeah, you know but then you're like, only so there's relying obviously on some you. random... There's some random to who wins a sporting event. You know, people bet on it, so it must be random. Right. <laughs> uh, Horses. So, yeah, but I'm just saying that that one has a little bit more, like, you know, control uh, to the player who's who's fencing or whatever mm -hmm. versus when you're playing poker. It's like you could be better and lose, obviously. Yeah, it's because... Like, at the end of the day... It's let's, let's the, luck of the, <laughs> the luck of the draw. The luck of the draw. About combinatorics, like even though it's not necessarily a uh, probability because it's just about a lot of things, but in probability you use combinatorics, but it's a d thing of its own that's connected to all kinds of stuff. But that does go way back to the 6th century BC. Guess where? Babylonians. Guess Wrong. What? <laughs> Egyptians. India. Oh, India, yeah. Damn. And this this is um Thought for sure. This is gonna be fun, okay? So you have six different spices, right? And the idea is how many tastes can you get? The basis is that if I try like two of the spices together, it'll taste different than any other right, two. Right, right. Or any three. Sure. Or any one. So any combination of the spices is going to be different. It's gonna be a new taste. Yeah. So how many tastes can you make from six spices taken one at a time two at a time three at a time da, 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 up to six at a time and then they added them all mm -hmm. up and that is actually the same thing that is combinatoric so we're saying right. six choose and then uh we're doing six each of them and two, adding those all up to see how many combinations can we get how many tastes mm -hmm. right yeah and we could just do it real quick like how many can you get uh the first one he says uh one at a time Six. Yeah. And then if you did two at a time, 
what we could do is we could say like, what if we just grabbed the first spice, like call it spice one, or we could actually like make them into cards, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's what we would do in modern days, like like spices. Like what are you talking about? They're they're like cards or something. I don't know spices. Yeah. Either. So they're numbered one, two, three, four, five cards. And I if I if I drew because now we're on number two because like yeah you could get six tastes for the one spice. But with two spices, say I started with card one. You get five, right? Then there's f- or is it more than five? There's five from now. There's five, yeah, from card one. But then if I start with card two, there's not five, mm. right? So it's not it. I already use card one, and that's the same thing. One and two and two and one are the same thing. Right. Exactly. Right. Because they're just so spices. now you only use the so second. that's that's yeah, the difference. True, true. Yeah. So now you have to say basically like five plus four plus three plus two plus one mm-hmm. as you start with a one or two or three if you want to go in that order. And you can. You can do that. And I think maybe that's what they did. Yeah. Like you take one and then you that. pair it with the six card, then the four or five card. And then you go yeah. to the card two, pair it with the six, the five, and then go yeah. down. And by doing them in an order that you like, by putting them numbers and putting them in uh, sequential order, that way you make sure you never double up. Yeah. So that's one way to do it, but there's a shortcut. You can use permutations, which is to say more like a combination lock. I shouldn't have said that because the combination, we don't care about the order. But right. a perm- permute means to change the order it around. Has to be... So that's why permutation is where the order does it, matter. Yeah, it's a specific order. It's like, um, isn't um a lock, like a combination to a lock is a permutation? Right. That's what I was saying. I probably shouldn't have said that because that's the combination is not a combination. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, so I was like, I don't even know why I just said that. It's a bad example. Mind blown. But yeah, so the, the lock, the number lock is a permutation because it matters if you change the order and that's what permuting is. So what we want to do is actually do uh, for how many ways can we do the two spices to do it easier instead of adding five, four, three, two, one, mm-hmm. which is just 15. We could just say how are all the possible ways like with the cards that if you shuffled like the cards up i could have drawn any card in all the different ways matter all i do is say six times five Hmm. because i could have gotten any one of the six and then whatever's left is five cards so no matter which one of the six i got that is going to happen i could choose five more six times wait 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 wait. say that again if order if i was saying if order does matter So that if spice one and spice two and spice two and spice one actually should count both of them, mm-hmm. then all I have to do is say all of them, all six cards, mm-hmm. I take all of them basically at the same time. This is sort of like uh, the many worlds kind of thing, like we were saying before. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm picking all the cards at the same time. And at the same time, every one of them has the same scenario where I have yes. five yes. cards to pick left. Yeah. So it's five times six scenarios. That's oh. all the possible scenarios, which seems like why'd you do that? That's not what we're asking because you just you added but more But it somehow spice equals the same thing as like all different combinations too. No, because before we added them up, it was five plus four plus three. That was 15. Now I just got six times five. Mm-hmm. So that's too many. That's 30. But all you have to do is divide by the ways that you can arrange that many things the permutations mm. of that many things. So it's like, how many extra did you add? And it's like, well, since there's only two things, you doubled it. Because you can either have A, B, or B, A. Mm. There's no other arrangements. So 
all you did was double it. That way we didn't have to think about each individual case and add five, four, three, two, one. We can just go six times five and then we divide by this guy. And tricky, tricky. That makes the next guy. Yeah. And that makes the next guy easier. And that's one of the things like with uh, probability like that, you take one minus the chance of that and you get the everything else. You know, there's like different ways to approach it and you use that. Hmm. Well, all of them, all of them together is one too. Like all six of the spices together is one. Right. At the end, we're going to say plus one. Yeah. But so, so far we've only said six and then 15. Yeah. So I was saying when you have three spices, we want to use the shortcut. So we don't have to do all that plus, plus, plus. Because three spices yeah, will take longer. Yeah, let's do a shortcut. So if you chose any three cards, any possible three cards, you get all six at once, then you get all the five remaining at once, then all the four remaining at once, and this how many universes did you just create? And so yeah. you, then you it's divide five times by four how, times three. How many do you divide by, though? Three. That's six times five. Six times five times four is the three, how they get all three, but you got to divide by the ways to, to mix three things around. Yeah, three. No. Also, there's an easier way to do it. So think about it like this. You're doing the same thing where you're looking at the permutations, but there's only three things. Right. Right? Because, like, say there were only three things. How many combinations are there? You already said right away earlier, at the end, we're going to get all six things is one combination. Remember? You already yeah. said it. Yeah. Same thing with if there's only three combinations, one. We already know that. So what's the permutation of three things? Three times two times one. Mm, right? Six. So you you uh, so now you already know, yeah. Okay. Six compared to one. Yeah. So yeah. so we know I we gotta divide you could, by like, six. Rearrange it and then do it again. Yeah, it's pretty fun. I think. okay. <laughs> that makes sense. So yeah, now that six kind of that three factorial kind of cancels out that six times five times four. So it's just five times four. Yeah. Um. And then, so, so now, now you've got that 15, 15 and then now we've got another 20. Yeah, and then, so you would move on and, I guess, be keep doing more math and be like, ah, crap, what's the next one? Is like, this doesn't sound fun. What about four, four spices? This is going to be hard, right? Wrong. Another fun trick. It's the same thing as two uh, spices. He's got tricks. He's got tricks. Another trick, right? So we already figured out two spices. There were 15 ways. So you might be like, why would four spices be 15 ways, right? Like, that sounds No, weird. that's not. Is that right. true? Just trust me. We'll move on. No. Uh, here's, here's one way to think about it. Let's go back to the deck of cards, right? Okay, okay. So you've got 52 cards in a deck, right? Mm-hmm. If I said, how many ways, uh, how many different hands can you have? There's five cards in a hand, just in, in case you don't know right. that. Okay. And it doesn't matter the order of the cards in your hand. If I, if I drew an ace of hearts and then an ace of spades or an ace of spades, then an ace of hearts, I still got a pair of aces. Like, I'm doing good. Yeah. So this is a combination problem. So we have how many ways can I get a hand in a 52 deck? And I'm not saying that you have to do that math. I'm just saying think about the opposite, which is the deck I left on the table. If I did calculate all the individual unique combinations of five cards I could get mm-hmm. that I took out of this stack, then... That's the same as the different ways that you can change the deck itself by only removing five cards. Hmm. But why is so it that easier? Is inevitably, why would it be easier what? to like look at the deck rather than the hand? Sometimes you want to look at one instead of the other, just like we already did two, so we don't actually have to do this one. So you, oh, because we're doing four, so there's two left over. Combinatorics, right? This is fucking five spices is the same thing. 
Are you leaving one spice on the table? How many different ways can you leave one spice on the table? One spice? Yeah, and when you get to five different spices, how many tastes can you make with five spices? There's six spices to begin with, remember? We're going back to spices. Yeah, how can you leave one spice on the table how many different ways? Six. Six, yeah, just like we did six to begin with with one spice. Yeah. So now we've got this, we have six plus 15 plus 20 plus 15 plus six plus what you say earlier. Yes. One. Plus one. See, why is there not a symmetry of another one in front? Because you can only have all of them once. You can't have a different combination of all of them. But every other number had its symmetry except for 20 was in the middle. So we started with the 6, then 15, then 20, then another 15, then another 6. Hmm. When we had 5. Now we're adding a 1. Where was the first 1? I guess the opposite of the 1 is 0. So it's not there. Uh-huh. The op- what's the opposite of all the spices? No spices. No spices. Because the problem wasn't posed to count for a taste of nothing. That's why there's no one in Right. The one would be and like, actually, that's, you taste shit. That's why this- You don't taste that shit? That, oh, by the way, that <laughs> that was 63, by the way, if you add that up. Just saying. And also, if you add that other one in front, the problem becomes extremely easy because there's a way to think about it, especially, I think, in modern terms, that's super easy. You know binary, right? Mm-hmm. So it's base two system. That's where we got like zeros and ones, yeah, right? Yeah, like coding. So if I represent the spices as a six-digit binary number, so it's just zero or one six times, mm-hmm. right? Each one of those zeros and ones represents, if I use a spice, like it's like a, a recipe for a computer or for a chef or whatever, he reads the zero, that's spice A or spice one, whatever. He doesn't use it. One, I do use it. Yeah. So each... Each code, each six-digit binary code represents an individual uh, taste. See that? Mm. All you have to do then is think about how many combinations in this uh, binary lock are there. How many could there possibly be? That's just saying two to the sixth power. I think the real question here is like what... Two times two times two times two. No, times. like what did it taste like though? The spice. Well, they're not even real. <laughs> it would taste like shit. <laughs> the one with all flavors. But like, was this a real thing though? Like he really, was he like the spice man? Mass no. as a mathematician? It's a, it's a uh, I think it's a surgical thing. Actually. Okay, so there wasn't really spices. It was just like a... A thought no, it's experiment. Math, it's it's an example of them doing this sort of combinatorical thing, which is actually sort of like probability. That's why I was like making it like cards actually does make sense in probability yeah. sense of saying like how many different ways I need to know that. Yeah, it's like, definitely a good one though. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know why you don't find that uh, two to the six minus one thing being sixty three interesting. No, yeah, it's. I find that kind I find of that suspect. It's kind of like too, too clean. You know what I mean? Like, how does it work out that well? No, it's, that's what I'm saying. That's what's cool about it is there's these different ways to do these things and you can use that to like kind of figure stuff out and make, make connections between different stuff. So instead of looking at it like that, like the one where you go, oh, instead I'll look at the opposite and do one minus the opposite because this seems too hard. 
Like in this case, we're saying like let's like or where you say let's do the permutations and then divide it out made it way easier when we were doing yeah the there's always some kind of shortcut in math like that usually is the yeah. case it's all there's like some kind of there's always some symmetry going on so you can be like yeah you know like just multiply but by, by the reciprocal what are you doing <laughs> come on it is actually not not too far off but yeah i, I just want to point out again that minus one so it would yeah. have been two to the six what i said the binary thing yeah. but the minus one is where that uh zeros all zeros right they don't like all zeros. Tastes like boo boo. Yeah, it don't taste like nothing. <laughs> so back to reality. No, back to wherever we were before. Um, okay. Where uh, the actual time math traveling of, uh, probability. Well, I was gonna say Einstein is probably a good one too because the whole uh, like okay. Einstein's okay. field equations was like the probability of the way that he proved it was like if this is correct, then it's probable that I find the moon at this specific location based off of these like field equations on how gravity bends space and time. And he had to do Mm. some probability predictions on that based off of like what he calculated. But before that, there was a lot of probability on, I'm assuming like Galileo with like where certain massive objects would be based off of like calculations but, you know, I don't know specifics because I didn't, like, look it up. I mean, isn't that also a big part of just, like, what you study and stuff, like, modern stuff? Well, like modern I would say probability stuff. is mostly quantum, quantum mechanics rather than, like... So, if you, like, maybe I'm thinking more about, like, statistics, I guess. Yeah. Because, like, you have to do, like, you know, you you can't look at everything. And even when you do look at something, right... Yeah. You have to look at it through some kind of like bump in the gravitational yeah, lensing. Yeah, there's something. always you know some I mean? kind like of the, like, like residual calculation because there's some kind of flux in, you know, and especially like parallax calculations have to be taken into account because certain things have a positional like. But it's not not probability, you wouldn't say. Yeah, it's it's sometimes a guessing game like. What's the probability that this... But yeah, I would say that probability, I think, in physics would mostly... It's a perfect example of quantum mechanics because that's literally quantum because you cannot find the for sure position of a particle. So it's all based off of probability. Actually, another thing I want to mention is Russian roulette. Surely, like, you've probably seen, like, in movies and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know, like... And what movie you've seen it in or whatever, like, how is it depicted? Like, how do you think the game is? Like, say there were two players. Like, how does it's it go? It's like, you want to play a game and you put a bullet in and he like spins it like, and then right. it goes in the barrel and then, then he's like, you feeling lucky, punk, or whatever they do. That's the wrong movie. Oh, whatever. That's where you, that's where you like. That's where you point the gun at somebody else. No, you're supposed to point it at yourself. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You put it up to your head and it's like click or like you right. get your fucking yeah. shit messed up. Oh, you get shit. So yeah, the in this version, let's say you do a like six barreled cylinder. Yeah. One bullet, five, uh, five empty chamber. You spin it so it's random. Then the two players just keep going one after the other without respinning. And so, like, the winner gets the That's money, a- and, like, the other one's just straight dead. 
No, that's those are the rules uh, for this case so that we could do the math about it. Oh, okay, fair it, enough. The probability. So in this game, you just keep going until one of the two players yeah. dies. So I want to ask you, which player do you think has the better chance of winning? Seat one or seat two? Because hmm. seat one gets the gun first, obviously. If you didn't know, if that wasn't It would clear. be seat yeah. two. Right, like instinctively, you'd be like, definitely seat two. But in this game... One of the reasons why it's even is because if you're if you have to pull the trigger the sixth time, you know you're gonna lose, but you have to do it anyway because the rules say you keep going. Mm, okay. So the first guy obviously one in six. One right? in six, yeah, could be one in six. I don't like those odds. I want to go second. That's what we're saying, right? Well, well, yeah. after one in six, what happens after one in six? Five in six chance that you have to go now, right? Right. If he's not dead, that's five and six. You have now a what? One in one five. In five. Yeah, I like one in six better. What's what's one in five times five over six? Uh, one in six. One one over six. That's the same that he had. Wait, what? Exactly. Then guess oh. what happens? He gets the gun again. So you pass the gun back to him. Wait, how is that possible, though? Because it's like, wait, hold on, question. Look at, I'll explain it my like this. I'll explain it like this. I'll make it, I'll make it make sense. Oh, my God, that sense. was a Look fucking like Russian this. roulette joke, too. My <laughs> mind is fucking blown. <laughs> One in oh six. God. Okay, so, so look at it like this, because we could do the same thing with three players, actually. Okay, well, let's, do let's it just stick to two. Three let's players. keep it simple here, because I'm already confused. Okay, so look at it. Look at it like this. I open my uh, gun or whatever to put the one bullet yeah. in. But uh, instead of all the barrels being identical, they're actually like labeled like red, black, red, black, red, black, or whatever, like a roulette Okay. Wheel. So wherever I put that bullet, if it's red, you're dead. If it's black, the other yeah. guy's dead. See what I mean? Because it goes either or, either or, yeah, either yeah. or. So it's basically I'm just spinning the roulette wheel and I'm just going until the bullet fires. Mm -hmm. So in a way, if you think about it like as a predetermined kind of thing, it's like you bet on red, so it's 50-50 if you get red or if you get yeah. black. There's three red, there's three yeah. black. And you have to keep going until it pops. But yeah, the math adds up. That's just like the other thing we were talking about with like the when we were adding up all the spices. It's like if you can do it two different ways and you do it right, you've just made like a connection. Right. It's like, it's still true, but like maybe you made another connection too. Right. What I think is interesting about it too is like where the bullet is positioned in the barrel, I guess like because it doesn't spin every time because like... I think that might be how the game is played. Like that's why I was saying let's make the game like this because like I'm not sure how like... I'm curious to like Russians what would be... <laughs> that would affect the probability. Would it affect the probability Force, or not? Yeah. Because it's, I think, a more, it's actually maybe a better problem because it's like, you know, but either way, this one I thought was interesting how it doesn't matter. Mm. And same thing if there were three people, it wouldn't matter because three is still divisible by six right. or even right. six people, which is funny too. So you're like, I'll be the sixth guy and that's the and worst you're if just it gets to you. fucking dead. <laughs> like it's getting to the third guy and you're just like, oh shit. <laughs> like I gotta oh, go. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, they just shoot you. Yeah. I mean, I guess that is actually still the best position because then in the end, you don't have to kill yourself because they'll kill yeah, you. Yeah, it's determined like, at least. Like, 
you there's no guessing for you at least which is part of like the scary part uh, of the game in in 20 in 24 jack bauer like when the gun got back to him on like the third shot he just turned it on the guy that was making them play russian roulette i mean that works too <laughs> yeah but like he determinism had twice, i think but also uh i mean he like it was a it wasn't gonna kill him but it would have killed the next guy but i think it was more because like he got a signal or something yeah somehow he knew they were gonna like like they were like they were gonna bust in in a second anyway so he used that opportunity to kill the the dick yeah somehow jack bauer but before that he did before that he did play one round of russian roulette that's good shit but you you know jack you know jack yeah he's just that type of guy you know extinction possibilities like we could uh become extinct or possibly like everything on the planet oh i like this but i like of this. all the billions and uh all the species of all that have evolved on this planet they pretty much all die okay this is really interesting though this is actually really interesting like i was thinking is it more probable that the cycle will continue and we'll just become extinct or is there a factor of like you know technological advancement and does that play into the probability of us like making some kind of Mm -hmm. change and then like flourishing like what is the odds like how do you factor that yeah that's actually even more complicated in a way than what i'm gonna talk about because that's like two competing probabilities that we're not uh that we don't understand Mm -hmm. so we can't understand the two things well enough to say like which one is is a stronger probability so now it's like it's even hard because i was saying basically uh what will wipe us out if you think of it from like a uh species on earth standpoint 99 point whatever that everything goes extinct eventually right. like everything that has a beginning has an end yes. you know? come on neo <laughs> so i was thinking like what do you think will wipe out humanity what's probably most ai and i guess ai yeah. yeah like we've already talked about ai so yeah. that's a good go-to yeah. i was thinking not so much what's the most likely but of the global warming i guess possibilities I of the probabilities. Oh, yeah, I would put global warming way up yeah. there. I think some people might think like a meteor or an asteroid. No, that's way less probable, though. I mean, I guess not. No, no, mm. not if you're if you're a a little bit optimistic about dying, uh, like, say, AI, <laughs> like, a, like, say, wait, what would you say? <laughs> you're like, if you're optimistic about dying from a meteor, then yeah, it's more probable. Like, <laughs> no, I'm saying if you're a little bit optimistic about like the fate of the human race, like, say, like you said, climate change and uh, like we talked about uh, technology and mm-hmm. stuff. So if you're a little bit optimistic about us surviving that, we know the most recent, uh, the KT extinction, that the dinosaur killer, that was a meteor, you know, an asteroid. That was a, that was, that was the event. So I'm not saying it's likely. I'm just saying, I feel like that might be on some people's minds because that's a well-known fact. Sure. Yeah. That's concrete evidence. And also Armageddon. Armageddon. Have you seen it? I mean, come on. Have you not seen it? Get on that. Yeah, right. but if that's um, the case, thing, we can just get Bruce Willis to check it out. I don't know. I mean, we could probably get Bruce Willis. <laughs> Honestly, it should have been Ben Affleck, but I'm just saying, like, 
come on. Dude, Ben Affleck would have fucked it up. It's a good thing that he pulled that hose. Yeah, I guess so. Remember how he's like getting thrashed around by all that magic nonsense that happens on Asteroids? <laughs> yeah, not uh, physically how that would go down, but hey, you know what? <laughs> so yeah, that would have definitely fucking thrown a uh, little crybaby boy and then the whole world would have died. So yeah, he, he definitely made a good call. No, you're right though, but- and doesn't it matter? Also, back to the life expectancy thing, he made a statistically smart call too, because he's an older man. <sighs> That's true too. Boom. That's boom. Hey, you got me there. What about like? Yeah. I guess let's say our top three contenders right now, from what we're discussing, is global warming. What about? Whoa, you didn't even let me say. I was like, I bet is on a lot of people's minds a pandemic. Oh, there's another zombie apocalypse. And also probably a lot on people's minds because of what's going on right now. War, like nuclear fallout. Nuclear war. Doesn't have to be. Yeah, it doesn't have to be AI. We don't have to go to war with robots. We go to war with ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're ready. Let's do this. Also, um, I guess I'll just let you go on with what you were saying. now. I just wanted to throw in at least the pandemic. Right. I'm saying like. Which is probably where you're going with it, but I guess I'm getting ahead of myself just, like, curious. But, like, how do we figure out which is more probable when it's, like, wouldn't the meteor be, or the asteroid or whatever, be less probable considering, like, time frame? Because, like... We also put money into it, too. Like, even though it's not a lot of money, like, there's a few million or whatever, like, whatever, budget every year. Like, we're looking, we're getting better at seeing them, and we're seeing thinking things about, before like, they, what would we Yeah, do. exactly. Like, eventually, when that comes, like, we should probably be. If, if we survive long enough to where the sun is going to be the factor that destroys us, we'll probably outrun the sun. That's too what much do you time. mean, though? Like, how? Like, we'll be all on top of shit. Like, I don't know we'll how. We'll be fucking, like, like, lassoing we're Mars. In, we're back in... <laughs> Yeah, we're back on ancient days like we know shit. We don't know shit. Right, 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 right. Like we'll figure out, you're saying we'll figure out some way to like avoid crashing into the moon. That's so much more time it's for so like long. evolution yeah, like of technology of and years. shit. Yeah. yeah. If we're not dead by then, the sun is not going to be uh, the worst that's of our problems. That's fair. That's a fair like, assessment. You're so <laughs> silly. Like, Yeah, that's all I'm saying. I feel like we'd be like, shut up. <laughs> but like, how do you stop like super volcanoes? Or right. Whatever? Like, yeah. Uh, slow, <clears throat> slow volcanic. Uh, or like from, you said, uh, pandemic you know. is a good one too. Like, what do you. Well, not just a pandemic, but like a sci-fi kind of bioterrorist kind of crazy shit. Yeah. Too. Because like, I was actually just reading a thing this morning about, um, I don't know who it was, but like they have this like software this program they use to try and like develop uh drugs to like help people mm-hmm. but they were like what if we flip the script around like just tweak it a little we bit killed do the opposite <laughs> and make it make it evil and see if instead of trying to like uh use its ai to try and find solutions that are not toxic just try and fucking be as toxic as possible and it just like in like one day or whatever it was just like here's like a fucking 50,000 like new crazy things you can try and develop to kill people. What the hell? And they were like, yeah, and they published the results. They were like, this is scary as fuck, right? Like, this is why we did it, but like, I mean, apparently there's like, Like, um, we didn't expect it to be that crazy, but so they're like, I guess we got to publish it. I was listening to this podcast like a while ago and it was on just like whatever diseases different kinds of diseases and how they came about and like patient zero, whatever. And apparently in like some lab somewhere, they still have like from the black plague, 
they have like yeah for sure in a little yeah. like vial that's like locked away and like yep this crazy thing yeah. somewhere i'm like yo yeah for science yeah they're like we need this and i'm like but like do we though like do the pros outweigh the cons yes and they're like yep. yes that's why that's why pandemic is on the list because that shit tried to kill the human race like yeah it's possible like uh not like with what we have right now not yet but like it could become that it's possible that what uh whatever influenza could become a different strain yeah come and kill everybody i mean i mean shit covid killed like millions of people that shit was crazy yeah but more likely something else yeah Oh, the end of time. Mm. I was like, if you're crazy optimistic, you could just be like, we will live until the end of the universe. Or there is no aliens. End. Like, could be an, another sci-fi thing. Like, maybe we are that fancy. We beat the sun. We're, like, taking over a galaxy. Then, turns out, there's aliens already doing that shit. And they just, like, black hole obliterate our balls off. Yeah, that's definitely then, not as probable, though. There's no fucking way that's as probable. I'm just saying, I'm trying to add pretty much everything. Because okay. okay. then I was going to say other. Then I was going to say other. And then guess what the last possibility? Nothing. Nailed it. <laughs> Nothing happens. Because you never know. You never know. Yeah. Nothing ever stops or us. Or we're living you know? in a simulation yeah. and we get unplugged. I actually might want to talk about that simulation. I hope we can get to that. Dude, Damn, that's a legit, okay. that is a legit so, theory that a lot of like physicists believe. So we talked about kind of what we think maybe would be likely. Obviously, it'd be nice to like expand in our own solar system. And at least we can dream about like going to other suns in the galaxy. For sure. Day. But the probabilities don't really add up. Just like the alien thing, that's actually like the Fermi paradox. Like, if there were aliens that were going to blast right. us, like, where the fuck yeah, are they? Yeah, exactly. The, like, uniquely unique type of argument. Like, are we uniquely unique? Like, what What are the odds of that? Well, like, to say... To, it's like the thing with the asteroid. Like, oh, it happened. It didn't happen that much. Like, other things caused extinction events, not asteroids. Well, do you that think it could like be, like, time. the thing with that they do in Star Trek where it's like they have this thing where it's like until a civilization gets to a certain level of like interstellar travel, they don't oh, fuck with them. Oh, you're talking about the Fermi, the Fermi parrot. Well, obviously the Fermi paradox isn't a paradox because it's a real world thing. Yeah. And like paradoxes aren't really real. Yeah. It's world like abstract. Things. So in, so let me just explain it first. So they're saying like basically life on earth, therefore, with X Earth's like planets and N hurdles with some probability, we put that math together and then therefore we should see intelligent life because all those hurdles are what it takes, those N hurdles with X probability. I don't know what the probabilities mm -hmm. are. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. But when you multiply them, then you're saying that's the, the percent chance yeah, that we should find some intelligent life if we multiply it by x earth-like planets right. in our in yeah, our scope and we should see and that implies and we don't see that we don't see what we right. send we out should, we don't but see that that's coming not, back yeah so that implies that aliens are like super rare or don't exist that civilizations die out before they can get to where we do or that what you were saying they exist but for some reason we don't know they exist right it's obviously not doing the math right because it is a paradox. Like 
we don't see it so your math is off yeah like exactly or like this is a really rare scenario where there should be it's hundreds like, oh, uh, okay. data points but we see zero but where they at though um... This is the well. That's why you're probably missing some of the hurdles, or some of your hurdles, they don't have the right numbers on them because we don't understand that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. We don't know that life will get to where it is now, or that that Goldilocks planet will even have life. Like we're just not there yet. Yeah. So that whole thing about aliens is not very <laughs> sound mathematics, but I just like it because of aliens. Yeah, it's a good thought experiment. My simulation is aligning with your simulation at this moment. We're in agreement. That's awesome, dude. Well, now our simulations are going to go into <laughs> a million new simulations because we're going to go. I'm going to ask you a math problem. Oh, God. Okay, let's do this it. This is B- Buffon's Needle. I'm just going to tell you that's what it is. Okay. This is 18th century now. Buffon? Um, so, George Louis Le Crec, Comte de Buffon. Jesus Christ. Is he French? Oh, yeah. Did you notice he was French? I I think George I Louis Leclerc little, Comte de la Buffon. A little hint. A little hint of French in there. I don't know. Yeah, he's French. George Louis Leclerc Comte oui, de la oui. Buffon. Yeah, he's French. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, okay. He did. Uh, this is the reason why, since you asked, I was just going to say Buffon, but you fucked me. Now I got to say something. The reason why is because he did actually introduce differential and integral calculus into probability theory okay cool so so he was actually kind of like a probability badass but i was just like i like this this buffon's needle (laughs) oh so basically you know look at your sheet of paper right it has uh horizontal lines Mm. uh parallel all equally spaced right yeah so the needle uh that you drop in the original problem i think you're trying to like work out a formula for the needle being any length between uh what the distance is between lines and anything but let's just say that the needle is the length between lines okay right so i have a a needle if i put it exactly uh perpendicular it'll be the length of the gaps uh on my paper now i drop that needle on the paper what's the probability that it touches a line you drop the needle on the paper, you're trying to figure out what's the probability. Right. Okay. So the needle is equally likely to be at any angle. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. Let's do it. I just want to like throw out a couple of questions first before we get into it. Like, let's say the needle fell parallel with all the lines. What's the probability it would intersect a line? Mm. So the needle's flat when it falls on the paper. What's the probability it'll hit a line? 100%. No. So no. if it's on the line, then... If it's falling parallel. No, it, it fa- I'm saying the angle. I don't know where it is on the y-axis. I'm saying it falls with a zero-degree angle. It's parallel with the lines. It fell somewhere on the paper. Hmm. So what's the chances that it fell perfectly within a mathematical line, which has zero width? Zero. Zero. That's what I'm trying to Sorry to have to force it. But yeah, so in math world... This, these are points. So the needle has zero width. The lines have zero width. So if it's actually uh, falls at that angle, it has no chance of hitting a line. Okay. Now, if, the, if it fell vertically and it is the length of the gaps, it would be 100%, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's what I thought you were saying. I was confused. 
Yeah, but you. But I was explicit on the perpendicular, and now before I was saying parallel, now I'm saying perpendicular. But yeah, so that would be sort of like a whatever you call that ninety degrees or pi over two, mm-hmm, whatever. Mm-hmm. That we're gonna call one hundred percent. So where, how is it not fifty uh, percent? Is what I was gonna say. How, that's zero. That's a hundred. Why isn't it like in the middle? Well, think about like what if the needle was at a forty-five degree angle, like we talked about in the square root two episode, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. How tall would the needle be? Is what matters, right? Like that angle, the y-axis. It's going to be like trig stuff. It's going to be like sine, cos. Yeah, you just do some sine stuff, right? So, and and at, at forty-five degrees, like we talked about before, that's like root two over two shit, right? right? So that point seven oh seven is not point five. And that's when it's in the middle of its even rotational thing. It goes from flat to vertical, but in the middle, it's not 0.5. It's 0.707. So you're like, what's the answer then? Where is pi? How do I get the answer? Mm -hmm. Can't just guess. I bet pi's in there somewhere, right? Yeah, where is it? And as far as I know, uh, you pretty much have to use calculus. If you want to do it like I think he did it, which like helps, is let's think about what's the average height of a randomly spun needle and then redo the problem as that being the permanent height of the needle. Hmm. How would you do that? And that is that, well, you basically have to use calculus again. I don't know how to do it without calculus. (laughs) Well, I just think it it just makes it a little bit easier uh, on the calculus side and more, it just makes a little bit more sense, makes it more palatable when I say, that this is the average height because the 707 yeah. that root two over two that's not the average height no so we want to figure out what it is it could be and basically yeah. you because of probability we have to consider all of these sign of angle from zero to pi over two we have to consider right. all of it those could be like really small it could be full length like yeah Anywhere in between. So you could do like a Riemann sum kind of thing and say, oh, one degree, two degree, three degree, all the way up to 90 degrees. Yeah. And then do the average of those. But you know you're not right. So you basically have to keep going then half degree, then quarter degree increments and getting narrow it down to the limit. And then you're basically just doing the limit definition of calculus. So you might as well just do calculus. Right. Or you you couldn't (laughs) just do. (laughs) No, I guess you couldn't. Yeah. It's actually super basic uh, integration. You just want to know um, what is the average value of uh, sine of theta or x or whatever from that interval from zero to pi over two. Right. And so you just you t- you take that integral and then you divide that by the area around that, the whole box around yeah. that. So it would have yeah. been, if it was one the whole time, then it would have been to pi over two. So you're going to divide by pi over two. And the area under the curve is one. Yeah, it would yeah. be Integra- like integral of sine is negative cosine, and then you just plug it in. Like, will be like half um, of but sine. But yeah, so, or, no, I don't know. I'm just saying. Then you get one. Then you get one. The area under half of the sine curve is one. Yeah. From zero to pi, if you took that area instead, because you could, like, that's just the needle going from horizontal to, to vertical, straight. and then back to horizontal. Yeah. As long as you don't go negative, it still works. Yeah. So you have one is the area under the curve, and you divide that by the whole area, which was pi which over, two. Pi over so two. So one yeah. over pi over two is two over pi. Okay. Yeah. So the height, the average height of a unit line, this one unit uh, needle at a random angle, 
is going to be two over pi. That's its height. Two over pi. That directly relates to the probability of it hitting one of those lines. Just like when it was uh, the exact length, it was 100%. If it was half the length and it was vertical, right? right. It would hit those lines half the time. Hmm. So it's not hard to see, like, especially if you, like, start the needle, like, at one line, like, uh, say, like, you take the center point of the needle, you put it at one line, then you move it, you slide it up to the next line up, and you're like, how long was it hitting lines? It's height. That's how long it was hitting The height lines, of the needle. Right? So either way, it, it lines up perfectly. So you end up with this, that is basically the answer. Since the uh, average height is 2 over pi, you get this 2 over pi. Hmm. So the probability is 2 and over pi that it's going to hit the line. For the needle, the size of the... Yeah, that it would, that it will hit the line yeah. if it's the size of the gap. Oh, if it's the yeah. size of the gap. Okay, cool. Which, I mean, you could work that out if you wanted to. Like pi is like uh, 314 and 1 over 3.14 or whatever is like going to be just less than a third. Yeah. And then uh, you have two over thirty, so it's going to be like some kind of like sixty-four percent, something like that. That's a pretty cool one. Actually, you know what I uh, found out on my own, which is really cool, because like if you do the one over pi, then it's like a two radian pizza slice is like the probability of it hitting or whatever. Mm -hmm. But like when you make it two over pi, there's something I think is really interesting. If you take like a, a circle and you inscribe a square, so you have the biggest square you can fit in a circle. Yeah. And, like, say this is, like, a dartboard, right? If you were to say, I'm going to throw a dart randomly at this circle, but I'm going to hit the circle somewhere, if it lands inside the square or not is the same probability that our needle. That's 2 over pi. Because what? Uh, How? That's root. When you make that inscribed square inside a unit circle, like, let's make it a unit circle. Yeah. Then that means that the diagonals of the oh, square are yeah, two, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Because they're the diameter. Yeah. So you get two times two, or you could look at the root two uh, sides. Root but, two over two. So, but you know what? It doesn't make sense because what we uh, it doesn't make sense in terms of the answer to our original problem. Because yeah, pi. Okay, we're talking about sine and stuff like pi pops up. Uh -huh. Not that crazy. But the originally we were talking about the where does the needle hit lines? It's kind of like where does a circle hit squares? But the answer that I just described was a square inside a circle. Not circles inside of rectangular area. Yeah. Circular area. It was the circular area was the denominator, was the overall of the probability. But in the problem, the, the grid is all rectangular. And the thing I drop is circular. Hmm. So why is the answer kind of like. Right. It's like, but instead well, it's of again a that, like, rotation symmetry. inside of square grid, it's, it's like it's backwards. Hmm. But the math works out, and anybody can do it. I mean, if you know any calculus, it's super easy. But, okay, so we talked about calculus last episode. Yeah. We were talking about chaos and chaos theory, and we kind of threw out some pretty crazy stuff, didn't really explain it, but one of the things was true random. In reality, there's no real true random. And I just moved on. I was like, that's just a feeling. But, like, we could get into that. And one of the things, like, we talked about, uh, oh, hypothetically deterministic universe. Like, is the universe deterministic or is it not? Like, what are you guys talking about? And we just move on. Like, then we say, like, oh, yeah, there's this whole multi-world view. And that's crazy, right? Like, what is that? And uh, also, more mm -hmm. importantly, mm -hmm. before we get to that, 
there's this double slit experiment from I don't even remember exactly the year. It's like pretty early on, I think. Surprisingly. More early. mysteries, but more importantly, uh, I want Alora tell us what is this double slit, this classic, this iconic, historic. What is this double Me? slit? Oh, shucks. <laughs> I think <laughs> on the most people know about this. It's like the... Ah, something about there's like two slits. I don't know. They pass some stuff, the particles through the slit. I... It's like the classic example of like talking about how probability pops up in quantum mechanics. It's like a really clean... Yeah nice visual of probability um or the fundamental i mean even with one even with one slit you can see the probability right yeah you like if you shine a light through one slit like you could see a brightness in the center and less brightness to the sides like that's a probability distribution sure. yeah that's true but yeah. i guess it's like Still more probability in there, yeah, yeah it's basically an experiment uh that this dude did that he was trying to find like the wave uh, properties of light. So he like passed electrons through this slit. Um, Somehow like they were able to get these isolate electrons and then like shoot them through these little slits. Well, the first, well, let me just say, I feel like the first time it was actually like an, like a whole group, like actual beam of light or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, he was like, see, that's what I thought. Like, there's a interference pattern. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. an interference pattern from right. one slit to the other. They're affecting each other. As the light goes through both slits, the like the photons are like hitting each other. Like it's it's a right. wave. Right. It's about the particle wave duality. Yeah. The point is, I guess, is that they, so they realized they had a better test, that, a more interesting test. Yeah, yeah. It it really depends on how you observe it, and it has a particle wave duality, so it can behave as a particle it can behave as a wave so they were trying to distinguish if it was one or the other really but then they realized that yeah and yeah. he was like it's a wave see i thought it was a He's wave like, but I then they're like well, if i send it through as one how is it still a wave and then if i detect it how is it then not a wave right so like there's like several weird sure like schrodinger's cat it is just like the schrodinger yeah like we also talked about that in the same episode yeah. right yeah, we did which I don't Schrodinger. know. Schrodinger is a fucking asshole to cats, apparently. But I don't know if people know about this. But um, that's obviously just like a mental thing. But I yeah. mean, he definitely uh, like Schrodinger equation. Like that's like the wave function thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, it's a hundred percent. That's exactly what we're talking about mm-hmm. right now. It's the superposition. Yeah, that it's it was already a probability, but it's like you were saying they're sending one now, and you send one, yeah. and it still bounces off of those guys that went through the other slit, but they're not going through the other slit anymore. Yeah. It's only one guy they're now. They're like isolated. So why is he still making the same interference pattern? If you shoot enough one at a time, it'll eventually you'll get enough data to see the same interference right? pattern. Right, like that guy so from earlier, like, what we were talking it, about earlier. Who's he bouncing off of? It's like an anomaly. And I think fundamentally it's because we already know this, like, or physicists, not everybody, but physicists know that they're not what you think they are. Yeah. Like those quanta dudes, they're they're not that thing. It's not something that There's can some be other kind of thing. All of the solutions for the Schrodinger's equation, like time independent or dependent, they're all every answer you get from 
you know, the differential from the Schrodinger equation is a probability. It's probability. Probability density. Yeah. So, like, you don't know. Yeah. There's no answer. It's only a probability of if it will be there or not. And actually, if you think about it like that thing when we were talking about the parallel needle and in yeah. math world, it never hits. It's got a zero probability. Well, that's the same thing as saying a an, an specific point. Yeah. A specific yeah. point has zero probability because it has no area. Yeah. And it's like, wait, what? That's not possible. No, it is. <laughs> well, it is, but like, yeah, yeah. So this idea that uh, these guys are all connected is kind of where we have to kind of change our interpretation of how things work. And that's where we got this whole multi-world thing. Mm -hmm. Even though we said everything was deterministic, and it kind of is. We know like that this spot is more likely and this spot's less likely. That's yeah. exactly determined by mathematics. So we, it's not like crazy what happens they're like whoa that's weird that when it still happens when you send one at a time yeah that is pretty crazy but it still keeps doing what we thought it would do with the uh calculations of the wave interference pattern mm -hmm. so it's just a, a mathematical calculation so it's determined it's deterministic it's not that crazy but then we're like nah it creates a whole multi-world scenario tell me more about this multi-world the idea is basically it's it's kind of like a whole time travel kind of thing where you're like got these weird different it's views almost of how like time travel might or might or could work like this or could work like that. Yeah. They're like maybe the universe might or could work like this or like that. And it's just as insane. We know that it, in the quantum world, like at that level, like superposition exists and also it exists in that uh, half-life, the nuclear decay like we talked about, right? Yeah. Is uh, Schrodinger's cat. Yeah. Is he alive? Is he dead? He's alive. He's also yep. dead. It's 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 this trying to make what happens from that nuclear decay that is a superposition of decayed and not decayed extend to the cat being alive and uh, yeah. alive. At yeah. Same time. So it's the same thing that we've been talking about. It's in multiple things. It's kind of undeniable that superposition is part of quantum so okay maybe that's why a single photon can go through one slit and still go through the other slit somehow, somehow at the and same bounce time. off itself it's somehow equally as likely at the same exact time doesn't make any sense well the idea i guess is that the uh, other worlds in the multi-world where, what, what are we doing right now? A photon. Where the photon mm -hmm. uh, goes well, and it hits itself electron. and it bounces over here. Or it doesn't hit itself and it goes straight in the middle. Like those are all different universes. And there are infinite universes at every quantum event mm -hmm. that split off. So before they split off, for whatever reason they eventually split off, they are all in the same connected universe where they can affect the trajectory of that quantum particle as it's moving mm -hmm. before it's detected or in reality what they're saying is not so much that you know about it because fuck you you're not important it's more saying that it interacts with something else hmm. that's when it's uh like wave collapses and it becomes no longer interacting with itself in the multi-world and then when it collapses that's when the theoretical multi-world thing view is that's when the multi-worlds are created. When it collapses, you see this one, they see that one, that, blah, 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 blah. And there's infinite of them. 
but yet there's a probability distribution of more universes that look like this and less universes that look like this. And I believe I have a better interpretation. I think. What's the interpretation? That's to go back to another popular view, which is that this is just a holographic universe. Oh, like the simulation. In, yeah, in the simulation, when uh, things are working on this level of like superposition and uh, nuclear decay, like I want to say again, though, like just because we don't know exactly when it's going to decay, we do know again by the math, just like how we got that probability distribution, half-life is a probability thing. That mm -hmm. nuclear decay, if we have a, a sum of so many moles of this same uh, radioactive isotope, yeah. half of it will decay in its whole half-life. After, after that time expires, half of it will have decayed because there's that many atoms like, and the distribution adds up. It's like that law of yeah. large numbers yeah. that I was talking about with the Bernoulli thing. So how did you come up with that half-life? Math. Are they deterministic or is it just an equal probability of it happening or not happening? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. I'm just saying it's it's not really a reconcilable thing. Yeah. You just can't really know. But in a way, that's why you can say well, it almost is like that the some of these thing. things like are the same thing, mm, you know? No, no, it's that superposition, which I just want to like clarify. That means like its position is so super that it actually it's super cool. occupies more than it's occupies more than one spot with probabilistical. Yes, yes yeah. it's like so it, it occupies multiple it's positions. That's like, why it's uh, super fucking good. abnormal. Like it's like it's an X-Man. It's a mutation. So that's just where like uh, some of that stuff where it's coming from. But to really like make up your mind, I feel like you got to kind of do mm -hmm. it on your own. But I'm thinking that the reason why it points toward the holographic uh, more than the hidden variables is because that just sounds like just a, a silly like i don't know like a better uh metaphor but it's like you're just like slapping a band-aid on something and like not even really mm -hmm. covering the whole wound you're just like yeah here it is it's uh it's because there's multi-worlds yeah every time it's just like happens. an easy like, but they're interacting with each other really which actually maybe we should talk about first like laplace's demon and uh you know laplace's demon right i know the laplacian equation from yeah for electricity yeah, and Pierre magnetism Simon, uh, Simon Laplace yeah because he's a great dude and he did all kinds of stuff but no I mean where he's I don't he's know talking about demon, like though. you've got this demon that uh it's about determinism like he knows everything about every atom in the entire universe and therefore he can predict the future because he can calculate okay. that kind of shit because he's a demon. Like, I don't know. Technically, I don't think okay. he's even Sick. a demon in uh, Laplace. Like, that was... No, he doesn't sound like a demon. No, I'm saying... Like I don't guy. even think Laplace like, made him a demon. That was something that was, like, added. But whatever. That's what we call it nowadays. It's Laplace's oh, okay. demon. But... So, yeah. This That's is, like, up. early 1800s. Uh, and... But he also did... He did do stuff, like, just to say, like, uh, like probability and... The prob uh, yeah, the probability Laplace. generating function. Um, yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's literally like one of yeah. the main. But this, he's saying that he yeah. he's can it, like, and I don't know. When I first heard this, it was like really early on, and I was like, I was surprised that I had, not that I had never thought of it myself, but that like no one had ever told me that before. Like, because like I was like, damn, that's a good question. It was like, if there was this thing, like, could it determine everything? And then I was like, 
Yeah. Hmm. But, you know, now I would say, like, who the fuck knows? But technically, in the many worlds situation, Laplace's demon, in my opinion, he still could predict what will happen. It's just from your perspective, you're thinking, which world will I end up in? Like, is it left slit or right slit? Like, he knows right. he knows or the both. probability distribution. He knows all the different multiverse, whatever, universe splits. So mm-hmm. you're just being weird thinking, which one are you going to be in? You're not. You're in this one. You're where you are now, which is a super... Yeah. You're, act- which you're actually in superposition right now. Later, you'll be in one or the other. Right now, you're in where you are, and he knows all the different probabilities which is literally right. like so yeah i don't know i feel like it actually that's his beat. laplace's demon is pretty strong it doesn't it's not even defeated by like many worlds but i mean how can you argue with that it's literally like argue proof it's just something about like randomness that i was well i at. said before like in another episode that there was no such thing as random and i didn't really try and defend because that all, randomness but... has something to do with probability right i mean um it's it's a Closely it's, related. it's it's in on They're a theoretical cousins. sense i think they're mm-hmm. definitely cousins for sure yes just like uh free will is related to this determinism hmm. this laplace's demon it's related to free will like they're cousins but free will is actually a whole different like sticky ball like sure in sure. philosophy yeah. and that's a whole it's thing. a whole yeah. thing yeah chicken or the egg well i wouldn't make it that simple <laughs> But yeah. the the point is that it definitely begs that question. And actually, many worlds uh, sometimes makes you wonder about free will, I think. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, many worlds is nonsense. And I was going to say the it makes more sense to me that it would be a holographic universe if you're if you're basing it just like uh, many worlds is based purely off of this weird quantum phenomena of uh, like superposition, basically. So. How is this thing yeah. here and there, and it's reacting off itself even when I send one at a time? Yeah, how is it in two positions at once, like yeah. equal probability? That doesn't make and sense. And then the idea is, how do I explain this away as God plays dice with the universe? No, he doesn't. Like, God, I don't know. Only Einstein says, no, he doesn't, because everybody's like, yeah, he does. <laughs> there is no God. There is no God, I guess. And no, I'm just kidding. So uh, who knows what God's doing with the dice? He's 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 weird. but He's throwing bones. He's throwing too many bones. <laughs> That's all we know. Because the, the number of quantum interactions going on all the time, like, how does it make, mm-hmm. yeah. how does it make sense to create infinite universes every uh, split of every thing that's going on during an infinite interval and there's so many of those things going on like more than anything we've ever even thought to calculate which is like crazy numbers well there's also like somewhat of a disconnect of like the mathematics or physics that we know of the macro world or physical world that's the main problem world so who's to say that there isn't a disconnect with this probability as well like as far as like the multi-worlds would be like a macro scale of like we're trying to apply something it's just like what i was saying in the beginning what is probability it's like what is the chance of something happening given that i don't know everything if i knew everything about a coin flip then you know if it's heads or tails yeah. you know exactly what angle it will hit it's fluid dynamics yeah, it's kind of like, like what we were talking about with like dark matter like forever ago when we were talking about yeah. that it's like we're trying to apply something that we know trying to apply math and physics or whatever like 
what we know about matter of the things that we've studied mm-hmm. to something that's like beyond our comprehension or understanding the multi-worlds is almost like that it's like why are you trying to apply logic of something that's like far beyond what we understand from one planet it's kind of like inconceivable mm, I, I mean couldn't you say that about the holographic universe as well like it's it's outside yes. your reach i mean not in the matrix because yeah. you got uh, morpheus right morpheus will be like what if i told you what if i say in the higher plane that the way that they simulate Before you our say this, universe can we just imagine that we're both in like black dusters with sunglasses if I told you. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm thinking, all right? Since that is such a mm-hmm. sloppy explanation, the, the many worlds theory, which is so widely accepted. Yeah, we basically, we go back to the Copenhagen and we're saying that God does okay. play dice. We're going back to <laughs> yeah, that. we're going to go back to that. Essentially, not exactly. Um, we're really, we're doing the holographic thing because the idea is that in this higher plane, they have some kind of system like this machine. We try and think about it in terms of machines we make in our universe, but there's obviously would not be that, right? The machine mm-hmm. that, that simulates our universe, if we're a hologram, then it would not be the kind of machines that we create. In our, like That seems obvious to me. But either way, we're going to try and think about them in those terms because that's all we can do. Okay. So it, in theory, maybe... Since it's trying to calculate such an insane amount of calculations that, like, Laplace's demon, right? He's the yeah. guy that runs the universe. How could he live in the universe Ooh, if he was a machine? Um... He couldn't. Because the amount of, like, storage space and, like, f- like physical stuff to calculate the stuff, as far as we know, would be impossible. Mm-hmm. We couldn't fit it in the universe that we're trying to calculate. So it, Laplace's demon right. is magic, or he is in another plane like this thing so it's calculating our universe okay fine but maybe that it helps to explain why the fun at the fundamental level things don't behave in a seemingly deterministic way they seem to be random uh because Mm -hmm. in this higher level where they have the simulation that is our universe that is the simplest way to make this program because you don't actually have to know where the particle is until it interacts, until you need to know. And before that, it's all those things in a probabilistic thing that to us seems mathematically very complex. But maybe to them, that's actually the simplest way to compute things. So at the base level, if you're trying to simulate a whole universe, the most, the hardest thing to do at the step of every program through infinite steps to make a single moment or whatever would be these quantum interactions. So to make them the simplest, maybe in this world that is the real world, basically the universe that we're being simulated in, in the higher level, maybe there it makes sense to have things in quantum flux. And maybe, maybe that is Maybe they didn't efficient. think that the simulators or the people they were simulating would have dug that deep. They were no, like, yeah, maybe they're totally curious that. about that. That's what I'm saying. Try and imagine it as best you can if we could do that and we made that thing. Like maybe they could get to a level yeah. where they could break down that we're real and they're not. 
because they'd be that smart yeah. and we'd be like god damn this was the greatest yeah, everybody experiment stop of all. growing ears on mice and yeah. shit like everybody look stop. at my mini verse <laughs> 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 or should That's i say true. tiny verse so uh probabilistically i feel like there's at least uh one universe where i know exactly how the universe works <laughs> probably <laughs> i don't know 100%. My simulation <laughs> lines up with your simulation. Yeah, I mean, ask Shroti to flip a coin. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Today's episode was on probability. Uh, in case you didn't notice, definitely check us out on Instagram at Off the Beaten Math. Uh, we post content for each and every episode. Like us, follow our page. And leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much. And stay off. And don't forget, we're going to kick some ass.